1: This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by Politoweek.com.
2: And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for
1: Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public
3: service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Uh, Rich V, you're
1: on the air with The Nation. The Nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez.
3: What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 miles away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. And a lot of breaking news this Thursday. Crazy week we're having so far. On Thursday afternoon, Merrick Garland admitted to the American people that he did, in fact, sign off on the search warrant to uh, go into President Trump. Trump's house, his private home at Mar-a-Lago. Now, this is a big deal because one would have thought uh, there was a lot of speculation that had he known, he would have had his team request a subpoena or even requested in writing because they were already in touch with President Trump. There were agents and members of the DOJ staff there in June and took 15 boxes from the material that the president had and said, we're going to bring this back to the National Archives. So there was cooperation and there was conversation, there was a dialogue, but yet they felt the need to do that. And Garland um, announced that he was going to give this comment or this uh, statement. Yet what was interesting was the White House, uh, right after it was announced that Garland, Attorney General Garland would be giving this statement, the White House announced and said, you know what, we had no idea that uh, what Garland was doing, basically saying uh, they had no knowledge of that. Uh, that they were not involved in any of this stuff, which was interesting. I'll get you the exact quote on what the White House said, but that was reported on Newsmax that they were not up to speed, obviously, because the president was out of town, and they had not prepared a, a statement in response to what Garland was talking about. So it seems that there's some miscommunication there. Garland, who was supposed to start talking at 2.30, didn't come out at 2.30, didn't come out at 3.00, came out at like something like 3.08 or 3.11 or something like that, and then uh, gave a three- or four-minute statement. Here's a little piece of it where he admits that he signed
1: off on the warrant or approved it. First, I personally approved the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third... Let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated patriotic public servants. Every day they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights.
3: All right, so that's the statement from Attorney General Garland saying that the department does not take such a decision lightly. Now, it seems to me that they may have taken this a little bit more lightly than many of us are thinking, because we're thinking, man, you're really pushing the envelope and recreating a new line in the sand when you go and do a search warrant for what most of us right now have no idea. I mean, unless Trump is involved in some sort of espionage, but that's not the case. They're not even alleging that. They're not even saying this is a major thing. They're saying that this is some sort of violation of the Federal Records Act. The Federal Records Act is something that not Hillary Clinton, not Hunter Biden, not anybody else was ever rated for when they may have potentially uh, violated that, whether it's through the iPad, iCloud stuff or through her secret servers. So you tell me what's going on here. Now, I saw Rudy Giuliani on on TV. He was answering the question, how is President Trump doing? (laughs) President's doing great. I called him last night
2: expecting that I was going to have to bolster him up. And the first thing he said to me is, I think they've gone too far. Look at all those people in front of Mar-a-Lago. Look at all those people. He said, our people understand what happened. They understand it. Don't worry. I said, well, I'm calling you to tell you that. (laughs)
3: So our people get it. And I think Mayor Giuliani's 100% right. So many people that are supportive of President Trump, supportive of liberty, supportive of the Constitution, they get it. But sadly, many of the people who hate Trump are okay with the criminalization of politics. That's wrong. And I'm going to go more into that in the uh, third segment, so at the bottom of the hour because I really want to talk about that. But I also want to talk about what Biden says about inflation, because his comments on inflation were kind of out there. Listen to this.
2: Actually, I just want to say a number. Zero. Today, we received news that our economy had 0% inflation in the month of July. Zero percent. So that's President Joe
3: El Baboso Biden, Joe El Baboso Biden, saying that there is 0% inflation uh, for the month of August. Now, obviously, this is wrong on certain levels. If he was trying to say that there was a 0% increase for the month of August, then he'd be uh, closer to being right in in a month-to-month scenario. But that's not what he was talking about. He just said there was zero interest uh, or zero inflation. And that's false, obviously, because... Everybody that's going to the store to buy stuff, whether it's it's gas or chicken or beef or anything else, you're paying a premium. There's no question. I mean, three months ago, I was paying three seventy five for a package of drumsticks, chicken drumsticks. Now it's closer to six bucks. So it's, it's definitely gone up. Now, what he was trying to say again, that was he was saying there was no growth in inflation this month and that it had gone down by half a point or something like that. And uh, I guess we're all happy that it went down half a point. Uh, I think it's great that you can point to that direction, but I don't think it's something you celebrate just yet. Just like you don't go celebrating gas is now 3.99 a gallon. Woohoo. No, not something you want to do. But the White House continues to dodge on inflation, on top of the president lying about this or making one true statement but not making it clearly enough, saying that there isn't any inflation even though it's questionable at best. Even his own economic advisors are refusing to admit that this is their fault because of excessive government spending on their watch. Listen to this quick interview uh, with the White House economic advisor on Fox News.
4: Economists, you've been covering this for, for decades. So has inflation peaked? When you look at all these numbers, you say you hope so. But I'm, I'm asking when you look at your own measures and data... Do you believe that inflation has peaked or should the American people be prepared for it to go back up again?
2: I think that if people were looking at where we are right now with what experts think and uh, more signs of slack, there is lots of expectations and lots of experts think it's going to moderate. As the president says, it's an uncertain world. We didn't expect, uh, you know, Putin to invade Ukraine and, Mm. and royal.
3: Oh, goodness. Now, this is Gene Sperling, senior advisor to the president and He's going on this whole Putin thing again. Now, clearly, we know that prices have been going up since well before Putin. But they want to totally dodge the fact that it was their reckless, excessive spending that got us here in the first place. Go ahead. You can play it.
2: Uh, energy prices. Well, so you never you never want to give guarantees. Yeah. I think there are a lot of signs that we are are moderating and I and I think today was uh, well, showed some very know, positive signs in that uh, direction. As we've talked but about you know, it, was supposed to be
4: transitory, so now we're we're still living with it. And I'm just asking, you know, you were able to say that back then, and I'm trying to figure out if the if the White House economic advisor believes that we're peaking. Let me ask you this. with, with regard Mar- to Martha, gas prices. I, I think that
2: when I look at things, when we look at things, we look at what all the experts in the world, the smartest people in the private sector yes, yeah, so we look at what they think and in around May, June last year, everybody was literally everybody was projecting that. It's
3: funny, everybody except everybody that I listen to in the talk radio world. Everybody that I know, you got Steve Moore, Larry Kudlow, Mark Levin, all of these guys were saying that this is going to cause massive inflation. It's going to cause a recession. And if we're not careful to get out of this soon enough, it may trigger a depression. That's the word on the street that I'm hearing. And so far, they've been right. Not you, sir. Anyway, Martha, you're doing a good job. Let's continue.
2: Prices uh, uh, were going to go down significantly, but then again, unexpected things happen. Well, Well, I'm just asking you to own it, you know, to to say, here's what I think. (laughs) I've been dealing with this for
4: years and years. Well,
3: I guess it sucks to be him getting called out by Martha McCallum that way. But you know what? Good for her for doing the right thing, because the American people aren't stupid. They know exactly what's going on. Nobody wants to sit here and be lied to every day. We get it. You're trying to look out for yourself, look out for your boss, but... Uh, At the end of the day, you're ruining things for people. People don't like what's happening. We've got the former president getting raided. You've got the um, IRS saying that they're going to start going after every transaction that's over $600, whether it's on Venmo or PayPal or Cash App or Zelle, or any of the uh, electronic payment methods. So if you split a hotel room with one of your friends, and it's an expensive place, or you're there for a week or so, and you send them 800 bucks uh, through Venmo, Zelle, or Cash App, all of a sudden now, you're going to have to pay tax on this money. And the IRS, it, this may trigger an audit. Now, they're saying, no, 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 this isn't, we're not trying to get you for small potatoes. Then why make it $600? Why not make it like 30 k or anything above 10 k or something like that? Why not? Crickets. No answer. Instead, they announced 87,000 new IRS agents. Some of them are actually going to have guns. Yep. Yep. Now, I have a a clip of audio that I want you to hear from Congressman Andy Biggs on this precise topic. Listen to this. And the IRS, the massive expansion of the IRS. How sick of a country are you in when, when Democrats are so proud to massively expand the Internal Revenue Service?
1: Well, again, that's going to be weaponized and politicized, just like it was under Lois Lerner, where they went after right. conservative organizations. They're going to be coming after you and me and others like us. They're going to be uh, turning upside down to shake every dime and nickel and penny out of our pockets and uh, punish us if they, can't, they feel we haven't given them enough. That's right. where we're headed. That's an authoritarian type of government, Rob. So isn't it funny how they always go
3: after the same thing saying, you know what? No, no, no. This isn't going to be uh, you or me or anybody else. This is only the ultra uber rich, the top 1%, 400K or more, this, that, and the other. Nonsense. I know plumbers making 400K. I know a lot of guys on radio that make 300 plus 400K. These aren't rich people. Not good. No bueno. But this is where we are. Listen to how this thing breaks down. So this is according to a search that was conducted. I'm looking at a screen grab right here. It's a search of irs.gov or usajobs.gov under the IRS heading. And here are the major duties to adhere to the highest standards of conduct, especially in maintaining honesty and integrity. Working a minimum of 50 hours, yada, 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 yada. And then the fourth bullet point, again, I hope somebody comes out and says, this thing is fake because apparently it was real, it was on the website, and it was taken down from a .gov website. But the the fourth bullet point here, carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. Be willing and able to participate in arrests and the execution of search warrants. This is what is um, being sought after under the IRS heading. Again, in my lifetime, I've never met anybody who was tackled by an IRS officer. I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I'm just saying most of us don't know the IRS to be armed people. Right. They're usually some sort of accountant that comes after you and takes the levies, your house. They'll take your boat. They'll do whatever. They'll find you and they'll send you tons of letters. Never knew that they could. I'm sure they could lock you up. But I always thought they handed that over to the feds, FBI that go arrest this guy. He's violating his taxes. He's an evader, whatever it is. Never thought that they were the actual cops, that they have their own police agency that can kill people. That is some crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy stuff. Anyway, they're arming IRS agents, 87,000 of them. The Internet is ablaze. All of the social media networks are ablaze with memes saying we don't need 87,000 new IRS agents. We need 87,000 school resource officers or border patrol agents because those are the problems that we have protecting children in schools, keeping our borders safe and secure. Clearly, that's not the focus. The focus is to get money, the money that they're saying they're not coming after. Because if you're less than 400K, you're okay. It's part of the war on capitalism. It's part of the push towards Marxism. That's exactly how this thing works. Anyway, we'll get into that a little bit more later on. But I want to move on to a new topic, which is why are they promoting minor attracted persons in mental health, in school settings, university settings, instead of calling them pedophiles? And they're making a distinction, saying that pedophiles are those that engage in the act, and minor attracted persons are the ones that have the urge. Okay, so... We're going to get into that because this is pretty uh, dicey stuff that I think is out of control. Then we're going to jump into the Trump stuff, and I've got a couple of other um, immigration stories that I want to share with you. Don't go anywhere. I am Rich Valdez. This is America.
2: This is
0: America.
2: This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. This is America with Rich Valdez.
3: All right, America, welcome back. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful summer. There's uh, only a couple of weekends left of this beautiful summer, and I want to make sure I enjoy those. So anyway, that's just an aside. I hope you're enjoying your summer as well. But all this crazy stuff that's going on, how could anybody... Now, there's a few things I want to talk about in this segment. Most of them have to do with the crazy battle for your child's gender. Now, as a parent, and I've been a parent for more than two decades, I know, I know, not only do I have an amazing head of hair on the radio and a beautiful velvety voice, but I also sound incredibly young. But I am the proud dad of a 21-year-old. And as the proud dad of a 21-year-old and a 16-year-old, I can tell you I'm pretty much out of the woods on this stuff. Uh, my kids know that they're girls. They happen to have be been assigned female at birth, <laughs> or I should say in the womb, by the Almighty, by the Creator who put them there. And it, this isn't an issue for me. But it is for so many people, and I feel bad for anybody that has little kids moving forward. And, and it often makes me wonder, you know, I'm divorced, and if I were to remarry, would I want to have kids? How would, how would What would I do if I did have kids again to protect them from this craziness? Even if you put your kids in a bubble... Can you? Can you really bubble wrap your kid to protect them from life? They have to go out into this world anyway. Our job as parents is not to put our kids in bubble wrap and hide them, but it's to prepare them for life and make them strong and able to withstand what life brings their way to make them resilient and capable. So, I don't know how uh, one would attack such a thing. Is there a place I can move? Is it... I know you've got the Santas fighting this culture war in Florida, but is there a place where it doesn't exist, where it's just not welcome? Yeah, maybe in the Middle East. Who knows? I don't know. But it seems like it's all over the place. Now, there's this clip of audio in particular that I want you to hear because this is, to me, um, particularly troubling because this is not academic research or political rhetoric. This is actually somebody who is a licensed professional counselor who believes that this is the right thing to do and counsels people on this stuff, gives advice on sex and relationships. Listen to this.
5: Hi folks, my name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I wanna talk about minor attracted persons. And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. And most folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. And those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population.
3: The reason they're marginalized is because these people are bad for society. It's the same reason that we build buildings with bars on the windows so people can't get out. They're called prisons. Because those people don't belong in society and were judged by a jury of their peers. The American justice system is not necessarily a perfect system, but it's the best system that we have. That's why we have a civil society. This is why we don't chop off the hands of people when they steal. Although many of us may want that, it doesn't work in our civil society. If it did, we'd be chopping off a lot of things. Not just chemical castration, but be physical castration. But we don't live in an eye for an eye anymore. It just doesn't work that way. This woman is absolutely out of her mind, but I want you to hear everything she has to say about how we're marginalizing people and mislabeling them, I'm going to say misgendering them as pedophiles. Now I know I'm using that word the wrong way, but I find it funny that way. And if we misgender the pedophile, then somehow we're causing them harm. Excuse me, but your desire to be attracted to a minor will cause harm to my kid. No, thank you. Go ahead, play the tape
5: you may have noticed that I'm using the term minor-attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. I also prefer person-first language that recognizes that any label we might apply to a person is only part of who they are and doesn't represent everything that they are.
0: We are all
5: people-first with many different facets or parts of ourselves, and this includes folks who are attracted to minors.
3: So this woman who said her name, and I forget what her name is, uh, in my opinion, she's a loca. She's a sick, disgusting person, a disturbed person. She's hoping that we will celebrate these pedophiles or minor attracted persons, a.k.a. maps, instead of vilifying them. It's amazingly sad to me how pacifistic our society has become, how much we're willing to allow to happen on our watch, how much damage are we going to allow to our family, to our families, to our children, to our education system, to our government, to our system of laws. Hasta donde llegamos? Up to where? And I don't say that with the sense of civil war or some sort of revolt. I mean, what will it take? And maybe the answer is nothing. Maybe there is no point. And I tend to believe that on you know probably four out of the seven days of the week, that we will never reach the level of being fed up the way the left is fed up with our constitutional system, with our system of capitalism and the free markets. We'll never reach their level. It's just a belief, four days out of seven, trust me. uh, I battle it. I hope it turns out to be less days each week. But I truly believe that if I fall in love with a person and I want to have children, I'm going to have children, I'm going to get married, I'm going to live my life for my family. I believe that about me, and I believe that about a lot of Americans. But AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she will forego having children to continue her radical gender craziness, her radical climate craziness. There's a bunch of them that are willing to not have kids, and if they're needed to move to a different state, they will move to that state in droves. This is how Jared Polis got elected. They wrote a whole book about it, The Four Horsemen of that election. It's called The Blueprint. I recommend you read it and read it quickly. These people don't want to have children. They've dedicated their lives to the revolution. So just imagine that. How committed are you or me that we will live our lives, not have children, and go and be radical leftist ideologues activists just to bring about change just to be said you know I'm going to go to college I'm going to become a teacher I am going to radicalize as many children as I can I'm never going to have my own I'm just going to radicalize other people's children because I don't think we should be bringing children into this world in the first place that's what they think will the conservative movement will will those that are to the right of the center ever wake up and say you know what I'm selling my house in a a red state. I'm moving into a blue state to become an activist in the inner city. I doubt that. I just really doubt it. And I think until we match their energy, until we match their level of commitment, we're going to be stuck in the same nonsense. They're always going to be three steps ahead of us because they've got the communist manifesto that they're following. And we're just reacting to every punch that they throw. We're trying to dodge it, trying to block it. And a couple of people are throwing punches back. That's not how you win a fight. That's how you survive a fight. That's how you make it to the 12th round without getting knocked down, if you're lucky. But it's not how you do the KO. It's not how you win. And that, my friends, that you virtuoso Americans that you are, that is the problem. And that's what really gives me pause. That's what really concerns me. That's what really, I don't want to say scares me, but it does. It does scare me. Because these are crazy people, and they will turn any story into anything they'll go from their radical gender movement to their radical climate movement to their radical racism movement listen to this
0: this is not a white friendly video put your grown-up hat on they them for a black woman plays into the masculinization of black women that has been a racially violent problem historically gender and whiteness are synonymous
5: gender was used to oppress people of color
1: 10 times out of 10 i will not experience racism on top of being transgender i know my skin gives me a layer of protection and allowance from other white people to present myself outside of the white normality I know that queerness for a lot of bigots presents in their mind as the black trans women who fought for decades to earn my rights to exist now. I know that the government in place in this country wants to eradicate queer rights, not because they fear their straight and religious lifestyles are being threatened, but because there are more white queer people today, which means there'll be less white babies.
3: Now, that is how you top off crazy with an extra dose of crazy. And that is a hat tip to black conservative on Instagram for that audio. Let me tell you, this is Crazy, but this is where we are. Half of this stuff, I could only um, really think through half of it B- because the other half was so bizarre to me. Of course, they'll say, oh, I lack the intellectual capacity to understand how enlightened and nuanced they are. Okay, absolutely, sure, you got that. Definitely so, because I don't, no me queda en la cabeza. It does not fit in my head. It just doesn't. This is crazy. I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there that are trans, that are black, that are gay, that are all sorts of things, and they don't agree with this, and they don't think like this, because this is the radicalization of absolutely everything that's out there. And it didn't start yesterday. We're just really hip to it now, and we're understanding it. But it started in about 1900, and, and this is why we have a lot of catching up to do, and this is why four out of seven days in the week, I think, man, we are so screwed. And I, and I just count my blessings that I'm at the point of life where I'm at now, where I know what I know, where my kids are, where they are, where they know what they know. And I think, man, this is going to be tough moving forward for a lot of people, especially those that have small children. This is a massive attack, and this isn't just happening anywhere. I talked to my buddy uh, from the Cuban spot who makes my coffee in the morning, and he told me, no, this is happening at schools in, in all sorts of places. And he's uh, on a trip to Cuba now as we speak. By the way, I remember that I... I dissed you guys, excuse me, or I I, uh, did not play that three-minute clip of audio from Trump uh, from the other day. If there's time at the end, I'm going to play it. It's just about three minutes long. It's that storm audio, which I know a lot of my conspiracy theorists, listeners like, Uh, excuse me, conspiracy fact. I don't want to get checked by them. (laughs) But uh, I, I personally don't subscribe to any storm stuff. But I know a lot of people do, and I don't necessarily endorse it, but I think it's fun to watch until it isn't, right? It's fun to watch until it isn't. It's fun to watch until people start saying, get the popcorn, enjoy the show. There's nothing to enjoy here. They're destroying our system of laws. They're destroying how the civil society operates. They're destroying the the rule of law, and people think that this is some sort of booby trap to catch the, the elite cabal. No, this is them doing what they do best, in their desperation to eliminate Donald Trump, who stands for absolutely everything that is of interest to we the people. Right? It's not like he's got something to gain by uh, starting what they like to call forever wars and all that stuff. You know me, I'm into forever security. And if that means bases everywhere, so be it. If that means a conflict every now and again, label me a neocon, war hawk, whatever you want means we have to pay certain people off because they're close to other countries that are enemies of ours. That's what that means. This is a complicated game that we're in. And I get it. And everybody does it a little bit differently, but I get it. At the end of the day, it's all the same. It's bribes and displays of strength and power. That's the actual definition of politics, influencing that balance of power. Anyway, there's more to come straight ahead. I'm going to finish off what I started with that Trump stuff, uh, the Merrick Garland stuff, the latest with the judge on that Mar-a-Lago search warrant case and more. So don't go anywhere. I am Rich Valdez. You're listening to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll be right back.
2: This is America. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good.
1: That's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor
2: is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez.
3: All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And we're talking about criminalizing the political process. This is something that's been known to happen in countries that are historically run by dictators that have corrupt governments. You've heard the term third world governments or tin pot dictatorships, which are famous for guys like Fidel Castro serving as revolutionaries, dressing up in army garb, making themselves a general and then a president because they can dictate that way. That's what dictators do in an autocratic regime. Now, many of you listening believe that America is a land of freedom, hope, liberty, opportunity. And some of you think that those words are just a patina for a very high-functioning, very powerful tin-pot dictatorship. I disagree. I believe this country is a beacon of hope and liberty and opportunity. But we have to protect that. We have to call out what's wrong when we see it. Now listen, I am not necessarily a fan of former Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard From Hawaii. But after all, she was the co chair of the Bernie Sanders for president campaign. And he's probably the biggest Marxist in our Senate. And she was also vice chair of the Democrat National Committee. But on this one, she's got it right. And I think since leaving Congress and getting away from her friends in in the Democrat Party, she's been able to see things better. And quite frankly, the party's running to the left. And they're leaving a lot of people behind, not the least of which is Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. But she was on Fox News Channel on Tuesday night talking about, or Wednesday night, excuse me, the Trump raid. And we're going to spend a little bit of time on that. But she put things so well into perspective that I thought, I want you to hear what she had to say. Listen to this.
6: These things are what happen in banana republics where dictators have federal agencies, including law enforcement, to act as their own personal goon squads. This is something that every American should be extremely concerned about because this raid is just the latest serious escalation of this disturbing trend that we've seen of blatant abuse of power by those in power. To not only protect their friends, but to target their political opponents or frankly, anyone who dares to dissent or challenge or disagree or even question what this administration is doing. And there are a number of examples that we can point to, not only abuse of power within the Department of Justice, within the FBI or law enforcement agencies, but also in the Department of Homeland Security and the IRS. You pointed to a few examples already. Uh, you know, look to the FBI investigation of the, uh, of Trump for the Russia hoax that didn't turn out to be anything. You look at the IRS and Lois Lerner directly targeting conservative organizations under the Obama administration. You look at this administration's Department of Homeland Security's creation of a Ministry of Truth to go after us, everyday Americans across the country to tell us, hey, here's here's what we say the truth is and is not and what you are allowed to say and what you are not allowed to say. It's hard to imagine Given how blatant all this is, that this is happening in the United States of America. And that is what is so deeply concerning, is that we should not, as Americans, have to be thinking, hey, the IRS, the Biden administration just passed a bill with more big spending, giving the IRS $80 billion to go after entrepreneurs, everyday Americans who are working hard. And hey, maybe I should think about what I'm posting on Facebook And if I criticize the administration, does that make me a target for an audit by this IRS that will now have thousands more IRS agents to go after everyday Americans? These kinds of things should not be running through our minds in a democracy. These things are what happen in banana republics where dictators have federal agencies, including law enforcement, to act as their own personal goon squads. And that's what I'm thinking of as I see this escalating, very dangerous trend in abuse of power by this administration.
3: Now, she wasn't done. There's more. I'm going to play it in a second. But I've got to say, she's hitting the nail on the head here. She sounds like she's listening to This Is America with Rich Valdez. You go, Tulsi. It doesn't sound like Bernie Sanders talking points. She doesn't sound like AOC. She sounds like she's rocking a red MAGA hat when nobody's looking. And good for her. Because ultimately, this is not about the red team or the blue team. This is about the red, white, and blue team. This is about America. It's about us doing what is right for this country what the country was built on, and not getting caught up in the riffraff. Let's continue.
6: I hope that those who aren't paying attention do take notice, because if you think this is just about Trump, you're wrong. This is about every single one of us as Americans and this precedent that's being set of of an abuse of power that's not even being hidden anymore. I think it maybe was happening behind the curtains or maybe they were denying what's happening. It is out in the open in broad daylight, blatant abuse of power, targeting political opponents, targeting those who dare to dissent and attacking our our most fundamental constitutional rights and freedoms. So don't think this is about somebody else. Don't think this is about just people of one, you know, uh, political persuasion. This is about every one of us as Americans and protecting our rights and freedoms. Yeah.
3: And that was uh, her with uh, Jesse Waters on the Fox News channel, Uh, Tulsi Gabbard by her. Now, I want to jump into a story because she's right on that. And I agree with that. But it it reminds me of this story of uh, my trip just a day or two ago to the Cuban coffee shop that I go to. I talk about it all the time because this is where I bounce my political ideas off of the guy who escaped communism some 20 years ago. We got into a a debate about this stuff because I was making the case that he had brought up, and I think I shared this before, but I'll reiterate it, that he'd made the case and he said, look, I draw the line when it comes to using the government to go after your political opponents. That's wrong. That's what Fidel Castro did, and I don't support that. And I said, well, look, your buddy Biden just used the FBI. And he says, no, 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 no. That is, he says, listen, it's one thing the Americans are not are communists. And we have separation of powers. And you have a solid judiciary in this country, not like other countries where they're all bought off and they're all for, for the one party and they're all in with the regime. And I said, well, Maybe not all, but many and most, at least in this situation, it's, it's very clear that he was. The the judge was, you know, at, at the very least should have recused himself. He's shaking his head, you know, almost the equivalent to putting his fingers at his ears and going blah, 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 you know, so, to not hear what I had to say. And, and I told him, I said, look, I love talking about politics with you because you, you are, uh, you know, he practiced law in Cuba. He's a great thinker, and whether whether we agree or not doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that he will think critically about the issue and then come up with a you know his take on it, which oftentimes is the the same take that you you might hear on MSNBC or somewhere else. Uh, but sometimes he goes astray and it shows me he's thinking freely. You know, his thing is really anti-Trump. It's not so much. Um, Anti-conservative or anti-American? Not at all. You know, he's told me I like Ron DeSantis. He's young. He's full of energy. I like what he's saying. I said he says the same thing that Trump says. He says yeah, but he says it better and he says it nicer. And he's not Trump. For for him, it's a, it's a an integrity thing with Trump. He says Trump ripped people off in Atlantic City, and he's done this and he's done that, and you know all the character assassination they've done for Trump. So this is what bothers him. But the point of the story was. We're going at it, and he's telling me that no, because Trump stole paperwork from the White House. I said, "Oh my gosh, come on! You can't sit there and say the guy stole it. The guy's president of the United States. These guys leave with the highest level of clearance that anybody could have because they're presidents and former presidents. Uh, this is just how it works." And he 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 just wouldn't believe it, and he wouldn't. Except that they didn't try to get a subpoena and that they didn't even write a letter saying, hey, send us these documents, we want those, or that the FBI had met with Trump in Mar-a-Lago or with his attorneys and that whole legal team. He just wouldn't accept any of it. He just said, no, Trump is corrupt. Trump is wrong. Whatever they're saying he did, he likely did it. And he needs to be investigated. And if he needs to be jailed, then so be it. Because he's been trained to hate this person from the media that he absorbs. Now, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But I am saying when we criminalize the political process and we criminalize dissent where we can't agree because, fine, we can disagree. But once we disagree and now my disagreement is a crime, we've got a big problem here. And this is... This was the first conversation I've had with him in over a year that we've been talking about these uh, political uh, topics every day where I, I was really, um, I don't want to say bothered, but I, I was just hurt, and I felt bad. Not you know, My feelings weren't hurt. I just I felt hurt for America. I felt bad thinking, my goodness, here's such a good guy, a guy that's a good thinker, an entrepreneur who, who's living the American dream, and, and he's been sucked into the lies from the enemy of the people from the media. What a shame. Now, I know. I'm sure somebody listening is so. How do you know you're not the one telling lies, Rich, and that they're not telling the truth? Well, the proof is in the pudding. Just look at the economy. Just look at the numbers. You compare Biden to Trump, no question, hands down, the four years of Trump were way better. Whether it was COVID deaths, dollars earned, unemployment rates, you name it, they were all better. Inflation, all of it. Wars, world wars, world peace, all of it. The Abraham Accords, peace in the Middle East. There isn't an area that is doing better now that wasn't doing better when Trump was in office. Bottom line. So this is one of those things where, to me, it's a no-brainer. Now, I want to play a clip of Trump's lawyer uh, giving an update on what's going on. Listen to this.
5: An attorney for the former president telling Jesse, our own Jesse Waters, that the FBI would not let Trump's legal team keep a copy of the presented search warrant. Our country should be terrified. I am
4: terrified. I can tell you that he was not only working with them. He was cooperating. There was nothing to hide. And he was working in tandem, allowed them into Mar-a-Lago. And the point is, they went in when he wasn't even there and then told his attorneys to leave.
2: Why doesn't the president's attorney just release the warrant? They were probably handed a warrant.
4: Actually, um, my understanding from the attorneys on the ground was that they weren't given the warrant. They were allowed to
5: see it and then taken back. And Fox Business's Charlie Gasparino reports that Trump and his legal team will likely seek a court order to force the FBI and the Justice Department to turn over a physical copy of the search warrant, the affidavit, and a complete inventory of what was taken in the Mar-a-Lago raid.
3: Now, according to the reports, they spent hours going through the First Lady's wardrobe, her clothes closet. They also went through President Trump's private office for hours upon hours. I think they were there for something like 12 hours. Anyway, the point is... This is very heavy-handed, totally unnecessary, and totally unprecedented. Nobody knows what they were doing in this woman's closet. Nobody knows what they took. They didn't give them a copy of these papers saying that they did. Merrick Garland now, after the fact, comes out on Thursday saying, we're going to release this, we're going to unseal that, we're going to, you know, everything that Trump was asking for and everything that Judicial Watch, uh, who sued, asked for. And it's interesting that the judge now had to issue an order saying, to the FBI, to the DOJ, you got to explain why you went this far, this quickly. And people seem to forget that. So I find that interesting. And we're going to see what happens because the judge ordered that the FBI or the DOJ rather has until the 15th of August to comply with that. So they only have a couple more days till Monday. Now, New York City Mayor Eric Adams is upset about immigration. So more on that straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America.
6: This is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o el número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora.
3: All right. Welcome back. Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media. And a uh, big shout out to everybody in 1210 WPHT land, everybody listening in Texas, California, New York City, Florida, and every other state that's out there. But those are the big ones for this program. Now, I want to talk about New York City Mayor Eric Adams because he's getting upset that there are immigrants flowing into the city. He's getting overwhelmed. They're coming by busload from Texas, courtesy of Governor Greg Abbott. And he obviously is upset with his arrival, Governor Abbott, but he also, I think, is taking a completely wrong approach because his reaction to the second bus of uh, illegal immigrants that's coming from te- Texas is really kind of crazy. He He's saying that they're going to send a team of people to Texas to actually campaign against Governor Abbott to get Republicans out of office. Listen to this.
2: This is horrific when you think about uh, what uh, the governor uh, is doing, the governor of Texas, uh, after a month of traveling across the border, placing on the bus with no direction to come here uh, to New York Uh, I am deeply contemplating taking a busload of New Yorkers uh, to go to Texas and do some good old fashioned door knocking uh, because we we have to for the good of America, we have to get him out of office.
3: So for the good of the people, we've got to get Republicans out of office instead of putting the focus on helping these migrants, closing the border, enforcing current asylum laws. Obviously, he's in on the the scheme here, but doesn't like it when it's happening in his backyard. And that's the problem. Now, listen, there's an audio clip that I want to play for you, which we're not going to have time for today. It's of my buddy Mike Carter from Newsmax TV asking somebody something about Trump. And the guy says, oh, there's all these provable crimes. He says, like, what? The guy... His head explodes. Uh, I can't talk anymore. That's on my Instagram. Plus, I owe you from the other day that three minute clip from Trump. That's also on my Instagram stories. If you want to take a look, just go to the at Rich Valdez on Instagram and you can check out the stories. Just click the little circle with my face on it and you can see all the Instagram stories that are on there. Uh, and I, it might be on somebody other social media at Rich Valdez as well. But to me, it's important that we focus on the actual problem, Mayor Adams, not on the. Uh, political aspect of it. You're not going to sway any votes going there from Texas, but this only reinforces what I was saying earlier, that the leftist truly has a commitment to moving to other places, to changing the way people vote. Now, I'm not going to say that Mayor Adams is a leftist because I don't think he is. I think he's a left-leaning, more progressive-type Democrat. But there were more progressive candidates that just recently ran in a primary. And the ones backed by Adams, which were traditional-type Democrats, actually won in the majority of cases. And the ones backed by AOC lost. So all out crazy AOC, she took a L in this election. And this is why I say we've got to stand for something, because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. We can continue to see losses from AOC if we keep stepping up to the bat. Now, these weren't Republicans, of course. They were Democrats, but you got to push the party back to the center because that's the only way we're going to survive. Anyway, hasta la próxima. Until the next time, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America.
2: This is America.